Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th. And Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Jenny Molin is the author of City of Likes. Jenny is a writer, actor, Instagram personality, and New York Times bestselling author of the essay collections, I Like You Just the Way I Am, and Live Fast, Die Hot. <laughs> Her digital series, I Like You Just the Way I Am, which she wrote and in which she stars, currently streams on ABC Digital. Heralded by the Huffington Post as one of the funniest women on both Twitter and Instagram, and named one of five to follow by T Magazine, Jenny wrote a standing column for Parents Magazine and has contributed to Cosmopolitan, Glamour, New York, L.com, Grubhub, and Wake Up Call with Katie Couric. With her Instagram handles at Jenny Mullen and at Dictator Lunches, Jenny has more than half a million followers. And by the way, Jenny and I are going to be doing a launch event together. And I was a guest along with my husband, Kyle, on her podcast, Third Wheel. So after you listen to this one, you should head on over to Jenny's podcast and listen to Kyle and me on Third Wheel, probably revealing too much about ourselves. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books to discuss City of Likes, your new novel, and then your other memoirs, and basically the fact that I've like invaded your whole private space Just. with like all the stuff I'm reading about you. I love it. No, I love it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, let's talk about City of Likes. Okay. So it's your first novel. Yes. Were you scared? What made you write a novel anyway? Okay, so I I had an I had a manager in LA who and I so Okay, uh, let me get back up. Okay, wait, wait, this is pretty wait, wait, embarrassing. I forgot to, no, it's working. Okay, sorry, this is sort ahead. of embarrassing, but I'm going to just tell you the guys the, the, the real. I was wrapped across the boards at Gersh at the time, 
And this is, and you know, because I love Joe Veltri and yes. I never meant to leave Joe Veltri, but this is sort of what happened. Okay. My dog, Mr. Teets, who now you've read about, yes, he was yes. my first husband, love of my life. When he passed away, I was just devastated and I sort of out of touch with reality where I expected, I couldn't believe that my publicist couldn't get him an obit in the New York Times. Seriously? It's like outrage. I was like, people need to know that he's gone. I'm so upset. And then I went through like the anger phase of loss where I did hire my entire team at Gersh. Because, but at the time, it, nobody there mentioned that he died and reached out to me. And I felt like he was such an ever-present big part of my life. He's on both my books. He's such a big part of my Twitter, my Instagram. And so when they didn't reach out, I was like, everyone has to go. Everyone. I, ha- I had, so I, I fired my team. Okay. Then I was without an agent. I'm probably- sorry. Let me just say that now. So you don't like walk out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel terrible. I'm over I'm now. I'm sorry this for your loss. Years ago, I'm sorry for the- It's still. Okay. It's out At there. the time, I was like unhinged, a bit unhinged. And I was, I, I'm just being completely honest with you guys. So then I was with a manager who set me up with this agent, Richard Pine, who I went in and met with him. And he basically looked at me. He had read a little bit of one of my books and he said, I mean, your first two books, they did okay. And I was like, what? Well, I mean, I made the, the list. He's like, yeah, well, that doesn't mean anything. What? But I mean, he's kind of right. So he's like, you know, like Snooki's a New York Times bestseller. Like I can't really. So I did get what he was saying. And he said, and 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 he's charming. And he said, do you want to tell me, but kind of like a dick as well, but, but in a good way, not like, I totally like him. And he said, do you want to tell me, do you want me to tell you, do you want to tell me what you want to do next? Or do you want me to tell you what I think you should do next? And I was just so taken aback. I said, well, what? Why don't you tell me, why don't you tell me what you think I should do next? And he looked at me and he said, I think you have a voice for fiction and I think you should write a novel. And I think if you can write a novel, you can have whatever kind of life you want. Meaning basically then the world is your oyster. Mm -hmm. If you can write fiction. Do you feel like the world was not your oyster? (laughs) No, I I I guess you had these two amazing books. I guess in in a weird way, I thought I I went in there thinking, oh, I'm going to write an, uh, now, if the first book is my crazy life prior to kids, my second book is sort of this reluctance to have children. And the third book would be about like surrender and now wh- where I'm at. I thought I was going to do like a mommy book. Mm-hmm. But when I sat and I've left his office that day and thinking, oh, he's crazy. I'm not going to do that. And then I went away with Jason and I wrote the, um, you know, I wrote sort of a pitch for what I thought this mom book would be. Mm-hmm. What I thought, and I, and I felt like everyone, my audience was expecting that from me, and that's what I had to do next. And I was so bored. I was writing for Parents Magazine at the time, and so I was using all of my material already. Mm-hmm. And also, my my youngest was getting to a point where he wasn't just a head, he was sort of a character. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like, oh, now I'm kind of exploiting him, and I have to walk this sort of tightrope. And this stuff is so boring. This material isn't funny anymore, because I had all of these sort of constrictions. Yep. yep. And so Richard just kept playing over and over in my head. And I went back and I said, okay, I'm going to fucking try to write that novel. And so I sat down to write it. And I remember he was like, this is a beautiful disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I, but I didn't feel discouraged. I was like, okay, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to That was the whole again. draft? Like you sent him the whole draft? I sent him like 50,000 words. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I rewrote it again. And then we took it out and... Yeah. So the the first time I took it out, this was the first time I took it out. I had worked with somebody to kind of, I don't know, chaperone me a bit. 
but I don't think I was mis- I was really deeply misguided with this whole thing. Okay. It, didn't, it did not work. And when Jason finally read it after the submission was out, he's like, Jenny, this doesn't make any sense. This is a mess. So I called Richard and I pulled the submission, which is awful. I don't know. I mean, now you, you probably know, but I don't know if your listeners know that it looks terrible for a book to pull the submission. I have to tell you what I did later, but okay, go on. Okay. okay. So I pulled the submission and because I was, I was already getting feedback, negative feedback. Like, I don't think this is ready. I don't know that this works, but you know, whatever. So I pulled the submission and then like, I parted ways with Richard mm. after, you know, I tried to sell another, I don't know, just we, it, we weren't working okay. even though again, I love him. It just wasn't the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I went and I tried to write the book again. And then I took it out during the pandemic and I got feedback from people where it was like, I don't know if a book about privileged white women in lower Manhattan doesn't read as tone deaf in a post-COVID world. And people were really, at that point, like scared then to take the book. And so I decided, you know, because I can't put something in a drawer, I just refused. I took another stab at it. And then I went sort of the untraditional route of, I found sort of a Hollywood producer who had an imprint deal. And I said, I know I can sell this as TV. I know this works as a show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell it that way and back into the book deal. Interesting. So then I sold it to Sony and, you know, the deal I made with this producer basically was like, listen, can you get it bound on shelves? My ego is too big. I cannot do like, just like a self-publishing situation. Yeah. I can't do it. I have to, you know, I felt like, so this was a marathon for me and I wouldn't let it die. I couldn't put it away. Because this is this story I had to tell, even though I feel like nobody wanted this from me. I think everybody wanted me to do a funny, lighter mommy memoir. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not like the traditional, like highbrow literary type of <laughs> author that I think some of these publishers were maybe looking for. So it wasn't working, but I couldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> I love that story so, so that's much. How it's here. I'm shocked because it's a great book. Like it's really fun and yeah, awesome. I haven't bad. stopped thinking about it. Like I was, I almost texted you because I was invited to this dinner the other night, yeah. which was like this one of these. Daphne oh my night. god! But not an influencer, like an actual like important ish like person. Yes. But like everybody had to go around the table like this. Yes. Oh god! And tell you something they're struggling with. No, it's so embarrassing. No, it's, ex- it's so awkward. This exactly happened to me, and I was literally oh. sitting there. And by the way, oh I was God. seated next to the membership director of a, of a club, like the club in this book. And yeah. I was like, I am like living <gasps> a moment out of City of Likes right now, and this is the craziest thing that's ever happened. It was a really fun time. It was amazing. I made great connect. You know, like people. I'm like really. I would fun. love it to have been the same woman that I'm like. Anyway, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk amazing. about it after. But um, I was like, this is the same moment. So anyway, oh, I'll say like, the, yes. but like the characters in your book are great. Like why would, I don't know why a traditional publisher, it would have been a zippy book in two seconds. I feel like. I think, yeah, I don't know the timing, the whole thing. It just didn't, it wasn't the right time. Maybe it's now is the right time. And that I was saved for some reason, but yeah, this one was, and the others were so easy. Like everything happened so easily. It was yeah. just like, ah. Oh. But now, I mean, I, I care about this one more, obviously, because I've had to bleed for it. Wait, tell me then. So tell me more about the show. 
So it's a, it'll be a TV show or so what? So I guess I can tell you now that, so Diablo Cody is supervising me. Okay. I love Brooke. She's an amazing writer and I, and I feel like her aesthetic is perfect. I also feel like she, I don't know. I, I just, I have a shorthand with her. So it's going to be such a fun process. I'm excited about that. Sony optioned it. So we'll basically maybe, I don't know, once the book is out, I'll take, I'll take meetings and we'll pitch it, but we're going to write the pilot for it. Wow. That's yeah, so cool. Fun. But again, for me, it's not I know, even you about, didn't even want that. I know. No, I know. it's just the that book. was smart of you. I had to. I was like, I'm going to get this in the world. I love it. <laughs> it's crazy. Really cool. And my husband's just like, oh my God, can you just like get over it? <laughs> for my book that is now coming out, essentially the yes. proposal for it. Yes. I sent it out to a bunch of publishers yes. and I put like on my daughter's whiteboard, like 50 publishers or whatever I was sending it to. And people kept coming back saying no. And I was like, I wonder what's going on. This is so weird. Yes. And I, so I was like, maybe I should reread my sample chapters. No. So I was like, Kyle, let me just read you my sample chapters and just see like no. what's going on. He fell asleep. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, so you kind of had the same. And I was like, of, this right? isn't good. I was like, these aren't good sample chapters. This is you get too close to it. I know, and I was like, oh. and I didn't even spend that long on them. Anyway, I wrote, I wrote every, I you rewrote wrote the whole thing. I, I wrote to all the, I talked to Joe, and I was like, we have to send a letter to the people who are left and say, like, you know She's what? She's redoing it. These are not good. I didn't even have time to work on it. I'm yeah. a busy mom, but yeah. I promise you, I'm going to do a good job. Yeah, and yeah. that's how I found like the editor who like saw into my heart, and I'm with the exact right person. But I had the same, yeah. I was like, should I just pull it? Should I? Yeah. Because what nobody tells you, and I didn't realize, because I sold my first two books on just yeah. Tell me about that sheet of paper where I was like, I'm gonna write this, and maybe this. It was just such an easy, ridiculous. I don't know, a couple paragraphs. (laughs) It wasn't a lot. Yeah. But I had, I had already had, you know, I was writing for Playboy at the time, so I had a collection of short like essays already that they could look at. Yeah. But it was just such an easy, smooth ride. And um, I went to St. Martin for the first one, and then I fo- followed my editor over to Doubleday for the second. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't realize with a novel, you really need to turn in a polished manuscript. It can't just be, this is sort of what I'm thinking. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, now that I'm like reading submissions for our oh, company, yes. I'm like, I don't know. Like when people- What do you, yeah. Like, because, you know- like if you have something where you're like, this could be good, uh-huh. but we don't know versus like, this just came in and it's amazing. Right. So what do you do? Well, it's easier to go with the one that's amazing. But what about right if there. you're like, I could make this great. Well, we do some of that too. I mean, I think I it's wonder. a mix. Yeah. I, I I kept thinking like, don't these people want to like have a hand in well, the that's shaping what of I, it? And that's what I was thinking. That's why I didn't write my whole book at first. Cause I was like, yes. I can't just, I could write it a million ways. Like I could do it a million yes. different ways, but I would like somebody to tell me like, okay, that way makes sense. That way, not as good, you know, as opposed yes. to like spending a couple months writing the whole thing and then like throwing it out. Like, couldn't I just completely. start with like, right? Yes, completely. It's like training for something, right? Yeah. Like otherwise I could yeah. have like, someone could teach me the wrong way to hit a backhand. 100%. Yeah. Or you're just like, I don't know the, the rules of women's fiction that I can't have, you know, I don't, can I say what's happening in the book? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is your book about, Jenny? Okay. Yeah. You, uh, so, so, so the book is about um, a new mom who moves to Manhattan and sort of falls under the spell of this mommy, mommy influencer and gets a little wrapped up in that female friendship that I think we've all had where you're sort of in a toxic relationship with a narcissist. 
and how you walk that tightrope of how can I be both Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time? How can I service my family, but also serve this narcissist in my life? And she's getting gassed up by this person. The light is being, you know, she has a light on her when she's, you know, felt sort of invisible and lost in the trenches of mommyhood. So it's exciting and fun. And she's getting all this free stuff and living this life. But then as we peel back the onion, you start to see how much of this is real. And when I started off with this question of like, if we're curating our lives online so Mm -hmm. intensely, how present are we in our actual lives for our families? And it just, it, it bothered me so much, especially because I don't know, I follow a lot, a lot of these women and I'd see the posts and I'd see the kids and they looked like they were just sort of propped up Mm -hmm. and then the caption never matched what was going on in the photo and it drove me insane and I think that is what really just galvanized my writing the novel just over and over again following these people that you know you're like that's not your life that you're not happy that where where's the truth in any of this I feel like I only follow like mostly writers at this point. You do. Oh yeah, I could. I yeah. Like so, so I feel like sometimes I don't. I think I feel like there needs to be following rehab sessions. Uh huh. Uh huh. Where someone comes in and just yeah. sort of helps. It's like you, you can't. No, Jenny. Yes. Like don't follow those women. Yeah, you know, that's not Lock good for them. you. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, but then it became fun because I was like, well, I'm gonna just go after these people <laughs> now. And now I, and I had to like, almost like screenshot and save in like a folder, just my, my, my all time favorite posts. Cause they're so absurd. Some of these things that we're seeing, oh, I don't know, people dressing their kids up and like, they're in like the slutty version of the outfit and the kids <laughs> in the, you know, I mean, just, it's all, it's, it's so out there. It's crazy. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off. 
$72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. But I do want to hear more about how you ended up writing in general because you share your whole life story in your memoirs as good memoirs do. But you have been wanting to be an actress for so long. Like this was like the like, uh, and yet you pivot and you're super amazing at what you're doing now. Not that you're not a great actress. Yeah, no, I think that acting was a gateway for me. I didn't know... First of all, I grew up, I'm, I was dyslexic. School was never easy, but I'm very, I'm just resilient, I think. And I don't know if that comes from, you know, just like struggling with school. And, and But I've, I've always had a chip on my shoulder. I just have something to prove. So it was like, I had to go to a good college. And then I had, and that's why I related so deeply to your book. I have that. And I also have, similar to you, like this, like a bit like larger than my father that I feel like I need to usurp in some weird way weird, fucked up way. And so I was very motivated to sort of, I don't know, do something. Mm -hmm. And I love telling stories, but again, I, I, my grammar is terrible. I'm not a great speller. I didn't ever think I could be a writer, but I found myself in the theater department and I ended up going to UCLA for theater and just started working. I started getting jobs, but I was always playing, you know, the girlfriend, the random patient, the the dead body, just these thankless roles. And I never felt fulfilled as an actress. And then I married a guy again, who was a bit like, you know, took up all of the room, you know, in the, the relationship to some degree, not, he's always like, why do you blame me? It's not my fault. <laughs> I was already famous when you met me. I didn't do it to hurt you. And I'm like, I know, but it's annoying that you're famous. And it bugged. <laughs> that's like, was the, was the one reason I didn't want to date him. I hated that he was famous. It drove me crazy. Cause it's just like all anybody ever wanted to talk about was, so tell me about your husband, Jason Biggs, or, you know, I only like it when I'm trying to get into a restaurant. Otherwise I'm like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want to take yourself, your selfie with him. So you were so funny in the book about the, the nail salon oh, no. with the guy. She's woman obsessed. The, <laughs> the woman at the nail salon yeah, was, would treat me like shit. And then Jason came in. It was yeah. like full body massage, paraffin body dip, everything. She's obsessed. <laughs> She'd like clear people out of the way, wanted him to be so comfortable. Yeah, it was insane. insane. And so, yeah, so I think also I was so frustrated that, that my career wasn't where his was that I started tweeting and I started tweeting and I didn't even know I was funny. I mean, I never did comedy. I thought I was such a serious actress in college. And I did a one woman show at UCLA that was sort of my first book, but like almost like the serious version. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And so, and so, yeah, so I started tweeting just like out of rage. And at that point in time in the like mid two thousands, Comedy was really just democratized. Twitter changed everything, especially for female voices. So you could be Lena Dunham or you could just be some random chick in your Studio City apartment and you're putting a tweet out there and it gets just as many likes and all of a sudden you grow this following. It was incredible and it really changed my life. And so after, I don't know, about a year, two years, I had this platform. And so then, and then I 
I said to Jason, I said, I think I'm going to write a short story. And I knew a girl who had, was a writer on some show and, I, and she had a connection to The Smoking Jacket, was, which was this like Playboy sort of comedy site at the time. So I sent a letter to them saying that she, she thought that I would be a good fit, which she never did. I didn't actually really know her. And that I had an, an, a short story I wanted them to post. And it shut the site down. I mean, I, I crashed the site. And after that, the, the, I don't know, the guy who was running the magazine at the time called me, said, do you want to have a standing column on our site? And so I just started writing these crazy fucking capers that I was already living in my real life. And after a year, I, Joe Veltri was like, I think you should try to write a book. And that's how it happened. Wow. It was so surreal. So random. But it, but after I started writing, I'm like, I'm never, who would ever want to act again? I don't <laughs> want to service somebody else's story. I always want to tell my own stories. I had total control. And then we turned the first show into, uh, the first book became a digital series for ABC where I got to finally, I got to cast Jason's ex-girlfriend. I got to like cast somebody to play teats. I, I had like a casting couch with dogs. They all came in. Oh my like, gosh. Amazing. So yeah, that was, it, it really, yeah, the writing changed everything. So are you over the like resentment or it just still, Jason? Yeah. I'm over the resentment now just because I, I don't have time to resent him anymore. I'm too busy with the kids. I feel like the kids are sucking my will to live too often. I don't have time to like resent anybody else. <laughs> now I resent him more that he like goes away to work and isn't there to co-parent with me. Mm -hmm. Because the best part of having an actor husband is that he is sort of a stay-at-home mom when he's not working. Mm -hmm. And I get so much out of that, that when he goes away, it does feel like one of the legs on the chair, of the chair Aww. is broken. Yes. Now I saw on Instagram that you like called in reinforcements. That you're oh my God, I had to. <laughs> yes, I had to. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know, you now have taken like a whole new approach, not new, but you're, it, you're on the authenticity meter yes. and maybe it's an act, but it feels very real. Yes. yes. Like that you're very open about the yes. craziness of life and, and yes. having kids. And like, when you end up in the last row of an airplane, like, Oh my God, it was hell. Yeah. I was like, I have to give you a travel agent. Yes. Um, you've decided to just be all in you. This is how it is. It's not always so glamorous. Yes. You know, tell me how that is and how that makes okay. you feel. And like that, if that was a decision or just kind no. of happened. I think it comes from having two narcissist parents. I've, nobody was ever listening to me. So there was no reason for me to not just like I don't know. There, nobody was paying attention. So I always felt, even with Twitter as well, nobody. this is going into the ether. Nobody's listening to this shit. It doesn't matter what I say. And that's why I think I've always just been so open and honest about it because who am I, who am I hiding things from? Nobody's listening. And so when all of a sudden, you know, it felt like I had feedback suddenly, it, it was, it just reinforced that and, 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 and sort of, pushed me to go further with it. Got it. Because I, yeah. And, and I even, I, you know, in all of my amends letters I've written to Jason's ex, I've said to her, <laughs> I was egged on. It wasn't really my fault. I mean, I, I was being rewarded for, you know, explaining you. <laughs> I know, whatever. But, you know, it did, it did I just kept going with it because I felt like, God, everybody else must feel the same way. There are women out there who I'm re I'm I'm connecting with them on some weird level. I think everybody must feel the way I feel. <laughs> Not everybody, but some people, and it worked. 
And so also with the kids, you said a second ago, like now they're becoming too much like real characters. So you can't exploit them in the book. And you're so careful to like hide their faces and all that stuff. And yet you share all your own emotions. Like this is something I always struggle with too. Like I want to say this like really funny story. Is it revealing too much? Uh Uh-huh. How, how do I know if it's revealing too much? Right. You know, I, so I posted one thing that my daughter did that I thought was so benign and she got upset about it. And so now I'm like, I took it right down and I was like, okay, well, I'm never going to say anything that this yes. child of mine says yeah, ever. No, it's, so, it's so So how tricky. do you know? Like, how do you know how to handle it? And like, how do your kids feel? Do they even get the whole, you know, like yes. how do they, do you talk about it or? Well, I live in fear every day with that. I'm so scared that they're going to Google us one day and like see Jason's penis and (laughs) see my boobs in some guy's mouth. And, you know, it's just like there's so much to find on the Internet. (laughs) So many stories about us, so much shit that I've like, you know, I and even in the books that I've sort of, I don't know, done. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I live in fear, but I also... Yeah, I, I didn't even, I don't think Sid even knew really what Instagram was until recently at school and his friends are asking him, but he still doesn't know that I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. a lot. He just knows, oh, are you posting this? Are you posting that more with the food stuff? He kind of is. Yes. Wait, I want to talk about dictator lunches too. Yeah. So he's aware of the food stuff. Yeah. For before the pandemic, I treated the phone like it was a cigarette and I never wanted them to see me on the phone because I felt like, oh, this is something that's taking my attention away from them. And I was just pained over it because I knew just my own childhood trauma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was just me projecting onto them. And I felt like, oh God, I, I don't want to not be the parent that's like fully focused on my kids because that was what I always wanted. But how do you, how can you be the mom you always wanted when you didn't have the mom you always wanted? So you're walking this tightrope. Now he knows that, you know, people will say things or he's a little bit more aware and he doesn't like when I have the the video camera out or video camera, my phone, I'm taping something and he's not in it and I'm avoiding him. Mm. That drives him insane. (laughs) He's like, hi, hello, hello. So I don't know. I think I might get the opposite where now that I've protected them so much, they're going to say, why? how could you have just omitted me from your life? I don't know. I think you lose either way. It's true. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Yeah. It's impossible. Parenting is, in general, yeah. That's what I hate today. about parenting. It's, it's ridiculous. We have to, like, fail at some of it. I know. <laughs> in order for them to, like, turn My up. My kids, like, want to be YouTubers when they grow up. I'm oh like, yes, you know, see, yeah. I mean, come on. Anyway. Yes. Wait, Dictator Lunches. You have a cookbook coming out, right? Do. Co- that's so cool. Yes, yeah, so I have a cookbook that comes out September 13th. That's so They're backed into each other. Wow. I didn't mean for it to happen. It's okay. But yes, it's crazy. And who is publishing that? That, it was HMH. And now the new, their new sort of name is Harvest. Okay. I think it was bought by HarperCollins. And then now their little section is called Harvest. So traditional publisher traditional. Oh, and I love it. It's like hands off. I feel like I'm like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to weigh in. I don't have to weigh in on, I mean, the normal things, but you knew all the stuff that I've had to to do with this book. It's just night and day. And so are they your picture? Like, tell me, so how did that whole thing start? So, so you take pictures of the meals you make. Yes. I, and it started off just as like a fluke thing. I was just bored at night and I don't know how to turn the TV on. And so I'm just in the kitchen, rummaging around, foraging for snacks. And again, I just wanted to tell a story with these lunchboxes. And it is, again, it's like a sublimation of my own guilt because I'm a working mom. I'm not around all the time. And I think this generation has it 
maybe, I don't know if, if I want to say harder, but we, we're, in, we're in a sort of precarious position because unlike our parents' generation, it's like, I think my mom could go to work and feel fine about working and feel proud of herself for working but because she had a mom who stayed home. Mm-hmm. But we, if you have a mom who worked and you're also the child that carries those sort of issues with my mom was never around, I'm a latchkey kid. And then you, but you also have the drive and ambition to want to work. You're sort of fucked. <laughs> so I'm grappling with this and I want to send him to school with this handwritten letter. And food has always meant so much to me. And it's my way of sort of communicating with him and showing up when I'm actually not there. I'm not the one, you know, doing pickup and drop off every day. I'm, I, I'm not around in the way that maybe a more traditional mom would be. So, so for me, the food and the lunches are, are, are that. That's so cool. So what's like, give me a lunch. What should I do? Give, oh give. Okay. So I'm really into like doing like a Guatemalan coconut rice. Okay. So easy. You can make a giant batch with black beans and then I'll do like some roasted pumpkin maybe on the side. I always do like a weird fruit salad with different fruits. And you're making all this stuff. Yeah, I make this up, but I don't make everything. I also will use whatever I have left over. So if I, we had pasta the night before, it's like I'll throw pasta in the, the main and just make some like, I don't know, cucumber creatures or, you know, something random and throw it in. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so bizarre. I never expected it to become anything. It just <laughs> happened. I literally was just posting it on my, my normal feed. Yeah. And I thought I was annoying people because I was posting too often with the food. So I went and started this other account. And then I can't tell you of all this shit I've done in my life. I've never, I've, there's so many people who want to talk to me about dictator lunches. I'm like, why hasn't anything else in my life worked out this way? It's always the things that you, you don't put time and effort into that take off. And, and for whatever reason, that was just this weird anomaly. So yeah, so I decided, I'm like, I think I could make this into a book. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's so cool. Okay. So then are you ever going to do fiction again? Well, I don't know. I want to see how this does. I'm scared. I I don't, this was such a a harrowing experience. It was not fun. I I, I love the book, but it was, I'm having PTSD. It was not, it was so hard. And that's why I think I'm just like, I have to make this book work. I have to see it succeed because it needs that happy it's ending. It's going to succeed. It's going to succeed. It's really good. It's fun. It's a great summer book. It's like, it's got all the things. Yes. Good yes. characters, unpredictable ending. Yeah, yes. The whole thing. Yes. Now I do feel like it's worthy. Yeah. But the emotional, yeah, the journey with it was not what I expected. What advice would you give for someone well, maybe not writing fiction because I feel like yes. you're a mess about fiction. But yes. if somebody wants to be an author in general or a memoirist or whatever, what advice would you give? Oh my God. I would just say like, start putting your stuff out there however you can, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, the more you, you can sort of build and cultivate this following, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be for you. And nowadays, I mean, you can, you can have as much writing as you want accessible to everyone at any, you know, in, in any, in any form. So I would say that just putting your work out there is what's going to get, is what's going to get you that traditional book deal, if that's what you're looking for. Amazing. And just don't give up on it. You don't have to, when somebody tells you no, you don't have to accept that. I think oftentimes people throw things in a drawer because they're like, oh, I don't know. Nobody wanted it, but I'm here to tell you 
that doesn't matter if they don't want it. You're still going to feed it to them. They're just going to get it a different way. Wow. Amazing. Jenny, okay. Well, you know I love the books. Thank you for coming on. Thank I am you for like, having me. I'm like, can't, I really want you to write. It doesn't have to be a mommy memoir, but I just want like a conclude. like I, I need another installment. Like, yes. Because you have us all following along. And I know yes. on Instagram, that sounds like creepy, but you know, that we see what goes on in your day-to-day life. Yes. But it's the interior monologue that I love so much. Oh, it's thank like you. all the but stuff. crazy. Yeah. I love that. Because I relate to, I mean, I just relate to it. I mean, there's such universal stuff, or maybe it's not universal and I'm just equally crazy. <laughs> I love it. Which is possible. But, no, but that's why you've got to stay honest because I think so many women out there feel the same way we do. Yeah. Very true. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 